Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. So, just just a little bit about your background. You started a company called Amplicare. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how you started it and kind of the story of your journey? Yeah, well, I'm a programmer by background, originally from Romania. Moved to the U.S. when I was 14, played tennis, <laughs> but ended up staying for school, learned how to program. And then after college, I really wanted to start a company. And while I was uh, programming Python, I met my co-founder, who is a pharmacist and a Python programmer, which is not a... Wow, that's really strange. Every day. <laughs> yeah, so I was really blown away. And I, as I learn more about the pharmacy and healthcare world, it just fascinated me how behind the tech world it, it was, it is. And so he said, gosh, we got to be able to do something because that's really important. And rather than building another photo sharing app at the time, I thought, gosh, this could really be something that we could really help a lot of people uh, do good and do well in the process. So that's, that's what ignited uh, at the time, I Medicare. Now it's rebranded to Amplicare, and that's what started it. That's wonderful. Got it. Um, and so, uh, like, to, how how long before you started uh, scaling up your company? How, how long before you started seeing some success with your company? Well, we walked into the first pharmacy and said, "Hey, we want to build this software to help you better do these therapy management." Uh, things that were coming up at the time in the pharmacy. First of all, we came up in suits, which is a really yeah. bad idea if you go in a pharmacy because they think you're the DEA. <laughs> so, <That's laughs> <don't wear> suits. <laughs> and uh, initially they said, look, that's not what we need at all. But uh, I do spend a lot of time helping seniors figure out their health insurance. It's such a mess. It's really complicated. It takes forever to go to the government website and figure it out. And I spend hours every day doing that. And so I said, oh, let's learn. What do you do? And so as we learn about that, it's like, gosh, we really can make that process a lot more efficient and enable these pharmacies to help these seniors save about a thousand bucks a year on their medication. So that's started the idea for iMedicare. We, we built the prototype and, and knocked on the door of a, of a bunch of pharmacies into one of them took pity on us and said, you know, uh, I'll give it a shot and I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So, so how many, how many did you go through before you got that one person to, to buy? Probably like 10, but it's really hard to, 
go in person anywhere, right? Imagine, you know, I mean, some of your listeners that have done maybe door-to-door sales with them with that, because you're really going to a place you don't know anybody and interrupting them and their day, hoping they don't kick you out or shoot you. This was back in North Carolina. So it's yeah. just a, it was a lot of fear of rejection. And so it took about a, you know, a dozen before we got, Mr. Pike at Pike's Pharmacy in Charlotte to to agree. And then after that, you know, so that he took pity on us. But I'd say, you know, the the next big hurdle was getting somebody who didn't just do it out of pity, but actually wanted to buy the software without any vested interest or, you know, um, it's not like a charity donation. And so that was uh, this other pharmacy that, that, we were iPad only at the time, so they they didn't have any iPads. So he, Kijinot, bought 15 iPads for his entire staff and two subscriptions for our software, which was $1,000 a year. But imagine, the iPads cost, what, five, six, seven hundred dollars $700. So he spent way more on Apple products and iPads than on our software. Yeah. So and I installed it on every iPad, and that was our first, you know, sort of, check that i was really still remember the excitement of going home with a real customer i love it i love it so uh okay so you had all these he bought all these ipads and he was almost taking pity on you but he had the money he was like no problem let's just let's just buy it um okay and then uh so really quick explain just just to clarify the the pro the service that you provide so it's like um so so we're talking about AmpliCare first, right? So AmpliCare, what that would do is it would help save seniors uh, on uh, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical drugs. And how would it do that necessarily? Yeah, so integrate with the pharmacy system to pull the patient's current medications and then optimize based on those medications, the patient's demographics, their information, try to find the optimal Medicare plan, health insurance Got it. Uh, Got plan it. Okay. for them to be on. And, and the average senior was on a plan that overpaid thousands of dollars more than, than the optimal plan. And so we optimized that, help the pharmacy not have to do that manually and save them 30 minutes each, each time. Got it. Okay. And, uh, okay. So you, you, you sold that first, you're still that first, uh, client and then how long before you started getting the the second and third and fourth was it a few days few weeks yeah it definitely it took a lot longer then we started going to conferences a couple of conferences where we had a little booth and we would try to sell folks there they would agree to buy and then we'd go home try to call them they're like oh i forgot i said i was interested <laughs> right and so we we optimized because then we're like oh we shouldn't just take their name down we should maybe sign a contract at the conference and they're like well if we sign a contract why don't we just do like a stripe or um we did initially a square where they would literally swipe the card at the booth and pay right then and there so over time we just got better and better at sales because not, we were both programmers right and so i had to kind of learn how to wow, okay. So, so people would ask like, okay, so how did you transition from like programming to sales? 
how did you make that transition? Like it's, it seems like it would, it's not, it, it's not something that would was a strength of yours at first, but you had to learn it. Like, tell me about that transition and how challenging it was. <laughs> I just had to, you know, look, I left my uh, job to do this. And so each month I had less and less money to live oh, on. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing oh, like having a fire under, under you to motivate you to learn sales so it definitely wasn't by by choice but by necessity that uh one of us had to my co-founder was still in pharmacy school too during the day and then he was programming at night and so i was the only one that i could during the day call sell uh, go to pharmacies and yeah. so i was just forced to if we're gonna make a living and survive i had to figure out how to convince these people to buy yeah, so eventually you got to 6,000 pharmacies. Okay, so when did you reach an inflection point where you started making more than one sale at a time? Or, like, what, what was the, the transition? Like, how did you get, go from, like, oh, it's very difficult to make these sales to now we have, you know, a few hundred? And then, like, what, what was the transition point for you? Well, we had probably a couple dozen when we applied to an accelerator in New York called Blueprint Health. And we went there and for three months, it was like a speed dating business school where they were bringing a lot of folks that had done startups, healthcare folks, pharmacy folks, everybody, VCs, investors. And it just was a really, really fast way to ramp up our, our startup knowledge. And then after that, we were able to raise $200,000 uh, because wow. at that point we're both without money. In fact, we're in kind of deep in debt. So we had negative money. Oh, man. <laughs> and so with that money, we we're able to first day pay ourselves. So we survived and also bring a salesperson to help us. Uh, so with that, we started going to literally every conference. And then we said, Oh, conferences work. And then we did 50 conferences in a year that I would fly to do all these webinars. So now you could do, a webinar with like 50, a hundred people that are interested um, that then can sign up after. So that enabled us to, to have these process automation to get more than just one sale at a time and then hire, of course, customer support, customer success, et cetera. Uh, and that's the kind of that summer, uh, you know, 2013, mm. 2014 that we went to kind of hundreds of sales is bigger groups of pharmacies or now, Hey, uh, we want a special partnership. And so we developed that, like, for example, the independent pharmacy association, in Louisiana, bought our software for all of their pharmacies. So if you go to Louisiana, wow. chances are every wow. pharmacy uses our software. Wow. I love that. Uh, okay. So you, you, you realize there's a lot of value in conferences. And so you started like just going all in on conferences and doing networking and all that. Right. Um, exactly. That was the, that was the inflection point where you started getting a lot more, a lot more business. Gotcha. So you, you had to kind of make it happen because you were, you're going broke pretty much. And then, kinda had to. yeah, so you exactly. had to make it happen. So you started going to conferences, but don't these conferences cost money? Like every time. Oh yeah. Yeah. We used to have a saying, oh, my folks appreciated it, that we would fly out to a conference and you couldn't come back until you sold more than the cost of the conference plus the flights and hotels. So if, if you couldn't sell enough to sell the conference, you just have to figure out your own way home. Yeah, now, that's a little, a little brutal. We never actually did it. Okay. We never actually put anybody through that, but it was kind of that mentality that like, we're not just here 
like a lot of other companies just go to conferences to oh let's just chill around food yeah <laughs> exactly whereas we were like no we have this goal just to pay for the thing we just were here for and then only once we're done actually paying for it then we're like okay now we're in the green uh and we can keep going mind you this is a subscription business so we would charge upfront that's key charge upfront for a year's subscription and that's that's probably really key to our cash flow to be able to break even quickly. I love that. Um, uh, that's great. I that's just, that's awesome. And so, so you start getting hundreds of, of these pharmacies, right? At that point. Okay. Right. So, so then when did you start getting thousands of pharmacies? Cause you got 6,000 pharmacies. Yeah. Well, look, it took, uh, got, you know, six years. So each year we would you know, kind of grow. What did we go from zero to, um, maybe 600,000 or, or, you know, maybe zero to 50,000 in revenue to 60, 600,000 to 1.2 million to 2.4 to four <laughs> to six. To, so that's kind of the growth where in percentage terms, it was less each year, but it's still in you know, a number of pharmacies quite a bit. And yeah. so we're still growing today, but not to the extent that we were early on, we're d- double, triple the business in, in a year. So, um, wow. You, so you, in one year you, you did all this like you, or was it just like a year of growth, but before it took a while to, to get to that point? Yeah, it definitely took a while. Right. Cause we had the first year at zero, then, you know, a couple dozen pharmacies, which is hard. Yeah. yeah. And then that, that year with the accelerator with that, that's when we really probably had our biggest growth to five, 600 pharmacies. And then from 600 to like 1200 from 1200 to, you know, Wow. maybe 2,500 to 3,000, 4,000, you know, and then kind of like a thousand each year. So, so, uh, okay. So then you start, you saw success of that. Did you sell that the Amplicare or did you, you still own Amplicare, but now you have Troy Medicare? Yeah, we, I still, uh, own it with my co-founder. He's runs it. And, uh, I, I still am on the board and then, um, help out, but just, got excited about uh, another opportunity that I just had to okay. go pursue. And I'm really fortunate that, that the team there has done such an amazing job. We've implemented systems that, that, that enabled me to, to do that. And then, okay. So Troy Medicare, what, what, what is Troy Medicare all about and what are you doing to, to grow that right now? Yeah. So based on that experience, I got to meet thousands of pharmacies, right? And their opinions. I can tell them another thing. <laughs> well, well, as you would hear their frustration, which is they try to do such a great job with, with their patients, unlike a CVS or um, Walmart or, you know, mail order. They really take care. They, they have these personal relationships with their with their patients, they go deliver. I mean, one of our pharmacies repaired, uh, like give them a new fridge when the fridge broke, you know, like that's or wow. floors in their home. That's the kind of thing that they do. Yet they are really uh, getting crushed by the plan. The, the insurance model out there is, is set in such a way that that each health plan tends to be partnered with their competitor, right? So your listeners might know CVS and Aetna merged, which is a big plan with a big pharmacy. Humana with Walmart, same thing. Walgreens with um, United Healthcare. And so these big guys all have their own walled garden, whereas 
my guys when and girls the pharmacy owners that are independent that are a third of the market there's 21,000 of them they don't have anybody they don't have a plan that that helps them and so I said gosh we really this is a real opportunity in a gosh a trillion dollar market that's controlled by a few companies that have all been around 50 60 years and haven't done much to innovate and we said, man, with me being a software guy, plus the pharmacy network, plus seeing this opportunity, I said, I couldn't live with myself not trying to make this better. Uh, okay, so just clarify, clarify really quick. What it does is it, it, uh, it helps them get better plans? Is that? Yeah, so we're, we're a plan. So when you, you go it. on Medicare, a lot of folks don't know this, is you hear about Medicare for all in that the government – that administers Medicare, like your paycheck, as many people, 8% of it goes to Social Security and Medicare. And so then Medicare, when you are going to turn 65, pay for your health care and drugs with that money. Yeah. And yeah. the way they do that is you, it's a, it's a lot of folks don't know this, but they do it through a private company. So instead of the government paying it directly, you choose a plan called the Medicare Advantage, and that's what we are, and that's what Aetna and Humana wow. and United Healthcare have, and then the government provides those funds to the plan, and then it's the plan's job to effectively uh, sure. provide the care wow. to each wow. member. Yeah, does that make wow. sense? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and and so and so right now, you are partnering with the pharmacies to provide these these plans to their their patients, and um, so okay, so. How many of the pharmacies that you pr previously had have you sold to, um, and how many new clients have you gotten from, from uh, with Troy Medicare, or is it just like a startup right now? Kind of. Yeah, we launched uh, gosh almost two years ago. We raised uh, ten million dollars Series A from one hundred and forty three different pharmacy owners that I knew and angels wow. and physicians, <laughs> and that's a story in and of itself. Uh, and then, uh, well, I want to go into that story. That seems like a uh, tough, uh, tough to get that from ph pharmacists. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, well, uh, it's interesting because look, we're really, really proud. You'd think that, that it'd be easier the second time around in some ways it's, it, it is, but when you're going against, you know, United healthcare, that's a $400 billion company. I think a lot of folks are skeptical. They, you can do it, you know, oh, and so it's, it's like saying you're going to start a new Google, I guess, in the tech space. That's how it is in healthcare. They're the Google of healthcare, if you will. Yeah. And, and so, uh, so it was challenging, but the folks that did believe in us were the folks that we knew, right? That they had the need, the, the people who really were the problem, these pharmacies. And so they, they're the ones that, that, um, contributed the capital to make it happen. Um, and that capital is off as needed in insurance wise for regulatory capital reserves. So it's, it's not spent, but rather most of it sits there for regulatory comfort. And you ever get it back? No, no you don't. It's <laughs> oh, that's, that's the other thing is that, you know, we are highly, highly, highly regulated industry by both the federal government and the state government. Wow. And so that's why it's so hard to, you don't have very new entrance to the market, uh, which is, great once you're inside but not so great when you're outside yeah wow wow that's that's amazing and so two years did you think you were gonna be able to make this happen i mean 
it seems like you're you're a glutton for punishment a little bit and you like to do startups um uh, once you reach a certain level you're like no i want something more exciting what, what was the reason you went from like amplicare to troy healthcare um, it's really I mean, it's not, maybe you're right. There's a, like a hidden masochism in there, but I also think. <laughs> no, I, I have it too, so don't, no worries. <laughs> but I, I, I honestly just, I, I am upset when I see something that's unfair in the world. And look, there's a lot of unfair things in the world and I'm not going to fix all of them or many of them or maybe any of them. Yeah. But at least there's one that I saw that I could do something about. And so when I saw these small mom and pop business owners that I personally knew get screwed over and over by these big and hundreds of billion dollar companies. And I was in a position to be able to do something about it. Given my background, the position I'm in with the relationship with these pharmacies, the software that it just felt like I had to do it, you know, otherwise it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I love it. And so you, you're like, I want to help these pharmacies, I want to help patients. Like, so you jumped in and you were passionate about it. And that was kind of what it kind of like, it feels like that's how it would have to start. Right. Because there's so many challenges that this don't like the only way that would get you through all that would be like, you have to be somewhat passionate, you know? Um, exactly. Just, Look, I'll give you an example. The, uh, a couple of days ago, one of our members on Troy was in a skilled nursing facility and was getting discharged to go home. And the nurse uh, called because the patient needed a bedside commode and a shower chair to make sure she's safe in her environment and doesn't fall and have issues and come back to skilled nursing or the hospital. And so she called the plan. And usually what happens, let's say you call Humana, they put you through to somebody else, to somebody else, if anybody answers, they're like, well, who does shower chairs like i don't know who's our vendor let's figure out maybe we can mail it by the time if the nurse is even patient to go through the whole process the patient might get that thing mailed to their home four weeks from now but by then she you know what i mean like she needs it today so she doesn't fall when she's taking a shower she doesn't need it in four weeks and so by by four weeks pass by she falls and she's back in the in the emergency room whereas with with our plan she called and immediately talked to a person <laughs> And the person was like, oh, it's, you know, Mrs. Smith. I see her, her pharmacy is uh, Joe's pharmacy. Um, all right, well, let me call Joe. Joe, hey, we need the best cycle mode or shower chair. Mrs. Smith, uh, can you get it done today? And he's like, yeah, I'll have it there by 2 p.m. Joe comes out, gets the two things, puts it in her home. She knows Joe, right? She goes to that pharmacy every week. She's like, oh, good, Joe. How you doing? Oh, how are you feeling? Is everything okay? Let me install this for you. Let me make sure there's no uneven spots in the home that you won't fall, that, that you need a ramp or anything. And so that's how healthcare should be done. And it's, it can only be done with somebody local that they trust, like their pharmacist, and not some impersonal machine in Minnesota that <laughs> ships them some equipment. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Uh, wow. That's a, that's a great service then. Because it is a, it is a problem. So, so, so say to get on your plan, they would have to, the patient would have to work with a pharmacy or would they, could they get it just directly or how was, how, how, would, that, how would that work? Yeah, they can sign up directly. Uh, we're just the first plan to assign, you know how on your health insurance, you probably have like a PCP, a primary yeah. care yeah. physician assigned, like, oh, Dr. Jones is your PCP. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? 
yeah. and we're the first plan to also assign you to a pharmacy. So your pharmacy oh, wow. is yeah. Joe's pharmacy. It's not CVS. It's not Express Scripts. It's Joe. And if you have any issues, you go to Joe. <laughs> That's how it works. So, so uh, let's say somebody has an issue. They, they need like a wheelchair. They would still go to the pharmacy and the pharmacy would figure it out for them. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. So even though they don't have wheelchairs at the pharmacy, the pharmacy would find a way to get them the wheelchair. And then, gotcha. And then you would cover the, through their insurance, that would be, that would cover the, the cost of that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's re- got that it. really solves a, a strong need for sure. Um, and, and patients can go directly and get that insurance, right? They can go. Yeah. And uh, okay, so just Troy Healthcare because I actually have family members that probably want that. There you go. Yeah, it's Troy Medicare, and just to give you an idea, yeah, we, um, yeah, we're expanding. We're in North Carolina right now. We're expanding into South Carolina and Tennessee very soon. So we're uh, we're growing fast. Wow, that's I love that. But so you only work in that state, or is it? You work California yeah. Right now, yeah, we started small because of the amount of capital it requires to to grow nationally. We wanted to start small and really prove the model in areas. And the areas that we're honestly going after are usually lower income, you know, senior heavy, because those are areas where other plans struggle. They're so hard to, to penetrate because these folks are hard to reach. You know, they got bad addresses, bad phone numbers. You can't get a hold of them. Whereas they all see their pharmacist every week. So it's really easy for us to access and care manage uh, those patients. So that's what we're going after areas that are, that are uh, like that. So sense. it's like if the patient, it, it could be anything that the patient needs regarding healthcare and they just go to the pharmacy pretty much. Wow. That's, that's yeah. revolutionary. And that's the first yeah. plan. That's the first plan through, through, through pharmacies. Okay. And, uh, okay. So what are you doing? Like how many employees do you have for that company right now for Troy healthcare? Yeah. So, you know, uh, we have 10 full time and, and probably once you add in contractors and vendors, probably about 55. Yeah. That's, that's where Troy's at. That's awesome. What are your plans to grow it? Like marketing wise, like what are your plans to, to get, to get it to the point where, you know, you're growing like, like you said, the 6,000 pharmacies, that took a while. It took like six years. You, I, that would be, I, would see, I would love to see you get into 6,000 pharmacies. I mean, that's a really um, uh, honorable service that you're providing to people because it, it is hard. I have gone through this with family members where they couldn't get a wheelchair or they couldn't get this or that. And it's difficult, man. It's, you have to like fight your way to get this stuff. But you make it a lot easier and so what is your, what are your plans to, to getting it into more pharmacies right now? Yeah, well, that's the good news. We already, I already have these pharmacies from building that network in the past. They're constantly calling or texting me like, Hey, when you come into Arkansas, when you come to Kentucky? <laughs> Cause they're like, know me. Right. And so that's, that's exciting to share. So the pieces we're uh, working through to get there are regulatory, making sure the state of Arkansas has given us the license to expand making sure the hospital and doctor network in the area is, is amenable. So that's, we're, that's why we need to go step by step and, uh, and then raising capital that we're in the middle of a series B right now. And as we grow the way again, with that money sitting in the bank for capital reserves that we talked about earlier, the more we grow, the more capital we need to have as, as wow. capital reserves. So those are the pieces that are preventing or, or limitation, if you will, to our growth that we're, 
now expanding and, and growing faster. Wow. Um, and, and you have to have a reserve for every state that you're in. You have to have a separate reserve, right? Is that uh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's hard. That's a hard business. That's hard. Well, that's why. So that's why you don't have a lot of innovation in this business. Because <laughs> there's so much regulation. I, I understand that the the need for regulation, that's important. But for companies like you, there needs to be uh, exceptions made because it actually helps patent more patients. You know, like it helps you know the people get what they need, um, which I agree. Um, so. Regarding meeting with the Department of Insurance, I'm, I'm going to have you come uh, with me. I like that. I, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, you know, I have stories, you know, with healthcare, man. It's just, it's, uh, it's tough system. It's a really bad system right now. I think in, at least in the States. Are you initially from the States or are you No, from I'm from Romania originally. Romania, yeah, um, okay. I've, I've lived here since I was 14. So it's, I'm, I'm more American than Romanian right now. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, but the thing is, I agree that once we, we, we fix, if you will, the, the U S system, it trickles into other countries as well, because a person with diabetes here or in Romania or in China, it's still diabetes. It's still the same issue. Right. And so why not cross country borders? Would you say the, the healthcare in Romania is worse or better than America's healthcare system? Hmm. Well, I don't know enough about the Romanian healthcare system. I think I'm, I'm a believer in the U.S. healthcare system. I think the, the providers are higher quality than many countries. And that's why you see people fly over here and pay cash for going to the Mayo Clinic rather than, than their own country, right? And, and so we have some of the top providers. But when you look at, obviously, the economics of it, it's, uh, it's got a little out of control. There's some perverse incentives. And so that's what we're about is hoping that we can trim those efficiencies cut some of those those fat and perverse incentives and enable these high quality providers to do their job uh, where they get paid for the value they provide to these patients That's so you went through a lot to get to where you are right now like you went through a lot of challenges what, what would you say like your biggest challenge was when, was there ever a point that you wanted to quit that you were like i don't know if i can do this well yeah i'll tell you the Department of Insurance wanted us to have 10 million in the bank, and I, it took me a year to raise 6 million. And then we made a case for why we only need six. You know, we'll reduce membership, we'll grow a little slower, more conservatively. And we put out this, this uh, argument and data, and the deadline for having the capital is August 31st. We gave it some in probably in August. And we don't hear anything back until like maybe the, the 30th. They're like, hey, can we jump on a call? <laughs> so we jump on a call and they're like, look, we looked at all your documents. Appreciate you sending, but we still want the 10 million. <laughs> I'm like, well, shoot, it's, shoot. it's tomorrow. You know, like I can't, I can't get another $4 million in a day. Yeah. It took me a year to get it. <laughs> and, um, and so they're like, well, how long do you think it'll take to get, to get it? I was just like, I don't even know what to say. And I was like, uh, I just said like four weeks. Four uh, weeks. Said, oh, man, you should have said like five months. <laughs> well, like there's some deadlines, open enrollment. There's like a lot of a lot of pressures. So they said, okay, we'll give you one week. And 
<laughs> and so that week, by the way, is the week I got married at the end of that week. I, I, uh, oh, man. <laughs> I so blew through a lot. It's like, why do all the problems happen all at once? Like, all the, the most challenges, like, when it rains, it pours, man. Like, it's... And this was Friday, by the way. So the deadline was the following Friday. And this was Labor Day was Monday. And if you live in the U.S., you know that on Labor Day weekend, you cannot get, you know, one person to answer a call or email. You know, they're like, nobody works on Labor Day weekend. And so, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, there was a hurricane that hit the coast of North Carolina. So all my, a lot of my investors are from, from the South and that part. And, and they're literally evacuating their, <laughs> their houses. So that was the point, you know, to your question. That was the point where I was like, you know what? Uh, this is not going to happen. This is, uh, you know, we, we've done a best effort, you know, we did all we can do and I'm just going to have to hang it up. That's it. So, so that's, that's a challenging point. <laughs> and so what, did, did you actually raise it or you weren't able to raise it? No, we did. We, uh, it, it's, wow. it's hard to even explain what happened. It's almost like I, I blacked out and you know, like my, my, my wife knows that I worked like 24 hour days and somehow, you know, and it wasn't just me. A lot of our investors, a lot of folks I talked to, a lot of people came through at the last minute and it was really a, nothing short of a miracle, but, but we did it. Yeah. When the, when, like when the pressure's on though, that's when it happens. Like I remember, I mean, we, like I had 300% wedding. I had like, I had to deal with a bunch of healthcare stuff like too. It was paying like ever like all the time. And I remember when the pressure was on, man, you just got to make it happen. I don't know. You just got to make it work. Like freaking work. You know, if you're working 12 hours a day, maybe work 16. If you're working 16 hours a day, maybe work another hour or something. I don't know. But, like, you just got to make it happen, you know? Um, so, exactly. Wow. Wow. This is amazing. This is an amazing story. Um, so, so the, in that one, in that, in, in that four weeks, you were able to raise the capital. Can you go through how you got it? Like, did you call all of them, uh, all of your former investors, and ask for more? Or... Like how did, how did that work? Um, yeah, it was it was one week. So the four weeks got cut down to one week, and it was uh, just... oh, yeah, the one week. Sorry, the one week. Yeah, you asked for four weeks, and you, it got cut down to one week. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and then so. Well, yeah, there were folks that, you know, I'll be honest with you, it was uh, it's tough because a lot of folks said, well, if you're not gonna make it, I'm not gonna invest, right? Because you're like, well, knowing that if you're not gonna get there, well, what's the point of me? putting any money in so the, we had this kind of stalemate of folks be like well i'll put it in if i know that you got the rest you know and that was really really challenging because uh like it was like well i don't i can't have the rest until i have you because that person won't put in until that other person puts it in so it's just and like what you do? were you like hey let's get on a conference call guys <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, we had at the time 80 investors uh that had put in money and by the end of the week we had 143 so it, we nearly doubled our amount of investors in, in one then, week so uh, then why were you slacking the first year right i know there just wasn't enough pressure yeah <laughs> i need more prep i do well under under a lot of pressure that's for sure <laughs> me too i think i'm like that too like i i like sometimes procrastinate and then when i have a lot of pressure on me i'm like i perform the best so it's like but you like if we can find a way to put pressure on ourselves all the time like that like you know kobe just passed away he he found a way to do that to always put pressure on himself you know uh 
it's true. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, um, and you know, it's, you know, like, I mean, it's definitely not something I would ever want to be doing again. And uh, I hope I never have to, but yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. So if there's any investors listening to this podcast, like what are you trying to, how much are you trying to raise? What are you trying to uh, right now? What are you trying to raise in a series B you said, right? Yeah. We're in the middle of like $25 million series B. Okay. And a lot of growth equity folks, family office folks, people that really believe in our mission. Like I'll tell you who's not a fit is folks that are like, Oh, we're just going to flip this business in a couple of years to Humana. I'm like, God, oh, it's great. You know, it certainly would make money for everybody, but that's not, you think that it would go good. into the machine and then it would just, the same thing would happen pretty much. Right. We're not just an R and D arm of these companies, right? We're actually trying to build a legitimate competitor that changes the system, not just in a few counties in North Carolina or South Carolina, but in the entire country and, and someday to your point, the world. And so in the folks that we want to work with, invest and partner and have on our board are folks that really believe in that mission and really are with us for the long term. We want to, our goal is to IPO someday, ring the bell in uh, at, you know, at the exchange and and have more what, folks participate in it. Yeah. On which exchange? NYSE? Um, <laughs> I said that. <laughs> like a competition. I know some people go to 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 um, the NASDAQ, like one medical did today. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I thought they were doing the NYSE, and they were like, no, we don't do the New York Stock Exchange. That's for, yeah, so it's, it's like tech companies used to do the NASDAQ, but now they want it back. Yeah. I, I'd be okay with either though. You know, I'm not, I'm not picky. So let, so forgive me for asking, but are you making money right now or are you still like in this company? So I'm sure you're, you're doing that in the, the other company, but are you making money right now regarding this company and, and, uh, and you plan on growing right as well? Yeah, we went from zero to just under $4 million a year run rate right now. Uh, so yeah, in the past few months and that's um that's a that's kind of how the medicare system works and that um based on the number of members that sign up and there's still more signing up today i just got an email that that increases our revenue we're not profitable we'll need probably another thousand members before we can reach break even and we hope to do that next year i hope i do it i hope you become a billion dollar company because i think man yeah I mean, because it's a service that's needed, you know, if, if more people had that, then there'd be more, less, probably a lot less deaths, for sure. A lot less injuries, for sure. Um, a lot less people not getting what they need in time, you know. So it definitely fills a need, and there's a good um, purpose behind it. So I like it. Yeah. And I think that's Thank what you. the investors saw, because obviously you're going through challenges. And, you, like, you know what? Like, you don't really want somebody that's, like, Oh, let me know like when you have this many investors first, you know, and then I'll invest in you. I don't feel like they're going to be there for the long term, anyways. You know, exactly. that's how I feel. But you know, because that's what's very important. Absolutely. Um, okay, so it, it, it just last last uh, tips like regarding just business advice that you would give to people that want to scale to the level that you've scaled to. Um, what what are some things you would tell like somebody that wants to scale, that wants to grow, that has a startup maybe, and they want to grow? What are the mistakes you've made, and what can you impart? And what advice can you impart on them to to help them? 
Yeah, I definitely think like businesses, uh, I think of they're like these machines that take in passion and then eventually spit up some, some of financial success, but it won't work without that passion. And I think, you know, it's really important. I know a lot of people probably say this, but, uh, during those times, like that week we just talked about, it's really important that you're, you're not, you're doing it for a greater mission than just money. And that there is that passion there. Cause that'll get you through, through the hustle needed. So obviously you need to hustle. That's my number one advice. But I really think if you got to hustle for a purpose that you have a lot of passion for, that'll get you through no matter what the obstacles are. It's just something that has to happen in the world and you'll, you'll find a way to get through it because of that. So that's, that, that's the thing is my number one. Do you enjoy the journey more so than the, the accolades and the, and the money? The journey is the, the thing that and it gives you joy, right? Yeah, and as soon as you hit whatever milestone it is, it's kind of on to the next one, right? Like we raised that round. It was like a week. It was like, oh, my God, we did it. Like, okay, great. Now we got to get X number of members. <laughs> All right, now we got that. Now we got to do X, Y, Z. So it's, it's never uh, probably to a fault that we don't celebrate our successes enough. <laughs> that I'm immediately like, okay, great. All right, now we have a new, now we have a new milestone. So, so, right. so coming from a programmer's perspective, you were a programmer. You were not the sales rep, right? So this is something that you, because a lot of people make the argument that this is something you're born with. Sales is something you're born with. Programming is something you're born with. Is that completely false? Do you think that's BS? Or do you think that you anybody can learn how to do this? I mean, go out and make sales. and Look, I mean, sales, I do think it's something that we all have. So I do think you're born with it. And you, we're all born with it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. You won. Because that's what we do, right? If you landed a job as a rocket scientist at NASA, well, you still had to sell yourself that you're better than the other rocket scientists that didn't get the job and ended up being at Boeing or something, right? So <laughs> you still got you still got to sell yourself. And I think a lot of people don't think of that way because it's had a negative reputation. It took me a lot of years in books and like Daniel Pink's books and all these uh, to understand that what sales really is, is not just, you know, selling used cars, right? It's something like I would never do and like techniques that just are like slimy and nobody would ever do. Yeah. It's really just being personable, talking to people. And, and for me, it's solving a problem, right? So it's not so much that I'm selling them X, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there's a problem that maybe I can fix. And maybe there's not, and that's fine, but maybe there is. And, and so that's when a sale would happen naturally, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so if a pharmacy, a pharmacy owner is listening to you or an investor is listening to you or any patient that wants to get your your plan, how do they contact you? So, um, yeah, Flaviu, F-L-A-V-I-U at TroyMedicare.com. Check out TroyMedicare.com. If you guys want us to have Troy.com, I can give you the contact of the guy that owns it in Florida and he wants $5 million for it. And there's no way we'll ever be able to pay that. So <laughs> contact him, tell him to give us the Troy.com domain name. Uh, other than that, no, <laughs> what the heck? What does he want? $5 million. What the, I've never heard that before. Wait, so this guy wants $5 million. <laughs> I should, I should share his contact. Troy. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's so special about TroyMedicare.com that's like 
that expensive. Well, no, we have TroyMedicare.com. It's uh, Troy.com that he has. Oh, Troy.com. Okay. $5 million. What the heck? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah. So they'll contact you if they please, you know, you know, this, this man has a good mission. So if you're listening, you know, and do what you can, like if, uh, you guys plan on being, being public, when do you plan on being public? And 2025, if all things go as we plan. 2025, uh, you plan on going public. Okay. So 2025, if you're listening to this, definitely invest in the company. But if you're also a pharmacy or you have connections in the uh, in pharmacies, in, in where is the area again? Arkansas, you said? or No, it's North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. Jeez, right now we're North Carolina. Carolina. We'll be in South Carolina, Tennessee. And check the website. We'll be near you soon. Okay, so, you know, I, you know, just to let you know, I plan on getting this podcast to like 10,000, 100,000 downloads a, a day. So hopefully, you know, somebody's listening to this at some point and wants to contact you and, and help you change the world. Boom. Appreciate it, man.